DJ, PK, and Jay Drew, BYU football writer for the Deseret News, joining us. Jay, good morning. Morning, guys. So, Jay, you've had a few stories lately that have gotten BYU fans all sorts of riled up. What was the feedback like to the story about uh, playing as an independent and what the schedule might look like? Uh, I, you know, I think it's been uh, kind of as you expected. Nobody wants it. It's, it's uh, one of those doomsday scenarios that probably way, way down on everybody's list of what they want to see happen, but um, yeah, I thought it was newsworthy. Nevertheless, when I read a, an article by Dennis Dodd in CBSSports.com that, that the independents were talking to each other and they were forming contingency plans. And so, you know, I called a few ADs, uh, Liberty's AD, Army's AD, New Mexico State's, and found out that it was, it was true and that uh, one of the major things that I wanted to find out is how involved BYU was because in the Dodd article, it said BYU was not involved. Um, but they actually are, according to Duff Tittle and some other BYU administrators. So um, so I thought it was newsworthy. I obviously don't want it to happen, uh, probably way down the list of things that could happen. But, but I think you have to explore all the, all the alternatives, and that's certainly one of them. So, so yeah, I, there was a little bit of... Uh, uh, negative brushback from from some fans, but that's kind of to be expected, I guess. So you're telling me the rallying cry will be, "Give me liberty twice, or give me forfeits." <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot to that has to take place. I mean, number one, all BYU has contracts with all these schools uh, to play, and. Um, and so when, even if they say, hey, we're not going to play you, we're just going to play league games, then that's a whole nother can of worms is what you do with those contracts. Uh, so, you know, I could see attorneys getting involved and all that. But, uh, but yeah, that's just one option is uh, playing Liberty twice, playing New Mexico State twice. Uh, and, and, you know, and who knows what's going to happen with Notre Dame. They've got the scheduling agreement with the ACC, but but that doesn't take care of all their games. So, you know, maybe BYU would play Notre Dame twice, and I'm sure people would would love that around here. So that's still a long ways away. But, uh, hey, what else are we going to write about and talk about, right, you guys? Hey, how about paying off that game they owe for the two-for-one and Notre Dame coming out to Provo? Or, as PK says, forget about it. Go to Vegas. But I just don't know if this would be the right year to go to Vegas and cash in on a massive crowd there. Yeah, I, I think that other alternative is is having them come to Provo. Uh, obviously, they'll be looking for games. They'll need games, and it uh, seems like that would be a good game, especially if you have to you know move the season back where where uh, we start August or October 1st and, and play that uh, shortened schedule. Uh, perhaps that could happen. Who knows? So this draft just happened. They had nobody drafted for the first time in 2015, as I understand it. Uh, is that a trend or a one-off? Yeah, I hate to say it. I don't want to be negative, Nelly, but I think it's a trend. I, I mean, you're talking they haven't had two players drafted in the same draft since, I think, uh, Vakapuna uh, and uh, I can't remember. Austin Collie. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, you look at it, it's understandable. I think that the University of Utah is getting way more players drafted. Uh, they're in a, they're a P5 team. They've recruited really well. But I think what's troubling for BYU fans is that Utah State is starting to get more players drafted. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a, a trend and it's troubling. And I think it goes back to recruiting. Um, some people say it's developing players. I, I think you got to have a, a, a base to start with, and I just don't see any recruits, even the ones that recently signed, where I can say that guy's going to play in the NFL. And I think you can look at Utah's signees and even some of Utah State's and saying, yeah, that that guy's got NFL potential. And you run down BYU's list in the last couple of years and. Of course, a lot of them go on missions, and so you kind of forget about them or whatever, and and you have that whole factor that comes into play with the age and all that. But I just don't see the the recruiting there that where they're where they're bringing in the, the guys that they can turn into NFL players. So, what do you think the biggest change there is? It the changes in the BYU staff over the years that that's kind of gone away, or is it the fact that? The Utes are recruiting and getting more of the players. Is the fact the whole Pac-12 is recruiting in the state? Is it all of these things together and it's a thousand paper cuts? Yeah, I I think it's more than a paper cut. I, I you know I've I've met, written about it and talked to you guys about it over and over. Utah going to the Pac-12 just killed BYU. There's just I don't know how else you you can you can paint it. Your number one rival in terms of recruiting um, with an LDS coach um, who can talk some of these players into that want a kind of a quasi LDS environment. Um, you got obviously the success they've had, the track record of putting players into the NFL, the schedule they play, the Pac 12 affiliation, the revenue that they have where their facilities, locker rooms, all that are top-notch, and and BYU has to recruit against that. And then you bring in all these other Pac-12 teams that are coming into Utah and the areas that BYU recruits and recruiting LDS players as well and not not afraid of the whole mission thing like maybe they used to be, you know, 10, 20 years ago. So, yeah, I I think it's more than a paper cut, but... but uh, it's it's very very difficult. Um, I mean, if you're a high profile player coming out of high school um, who didn't grow up kind of worshiping BYU or dreaming of playing there, uh, why would you go there? And I'm, I'm with all the other alternatives. And then I'm thinking, uh, even guys who maybe grew up with that in mind, like a Britton Covey, Chase Hansen, other guys are are, are not even going to BYU anymore. So it's a just a tough, a tough road for Kalani Sataki and his staff to recruit these guys. It's really, really difficult. I think what DJ is saying on the paper cuts is that it's a combination. So and it's not one thing; it's a whole yeah. bunch of things that is leading to this situation of not enough professional guys. Uh, and what you're saying, I want to make sure that I understand that you're putting it on. Utah going to the Pac-12, which brings its own issues, and then obviously Pac-12 teams coming in to recruit here. And you think 
that's the biggest issue as opposed to you, BYU going independent? Because that's two separate things there. Yeah, I, I do. I People say, I've, you know, I talk to a lot of recruits. I used to write a recruiting blog. I never really heard a kid say, hey, I don't want to go to BYU because uh, – because they're independent, because they don't play for a championship. Um, contrarily, I've heard kids say, "Hey, BYU's schedule is attractive as an independent. Yeah. They play, you know, Wisconsin. They play, uh, you know, around the country, Missouri, Michigan State." Um, I've really never heard. Maybe it's that, that feeling is out there, but I've never heard a kid vocalize to me um, that they won't go to BYU because they're independent. Now, they, I've had her, kids say, I'm going to Utah because they're in the Pac-12. I've, I've absolutely had kids say that. Um, but, uh, but I, so, you know, I, it's not negatively on BYU. It's just what their rivals have to offer right. that they don't. Right. Just, yeah. So having said that, how many Cougars do you see in that uh, elite players that could be in that NFL draft pipeline? I'm sure a lot of us can name a couple of them, but maybe you can name more than that, or maybe there aren't that many to name. Yeah, I think there's a few. You guys, Kyrus Tonga, Matt Bushman, the two guys that chose to return. Um, I just wrote an article yesterday about Brady Christensen. Um, He'll be a junior, but he's been on a mission. He's 23. He already redshirted a year. The offensive, the right tackle, he's up in the air as far as where whether he's going to go after this next year. Uh, so I, I think he's got a shot. I think the center James Empey is in the exact same boat as Brady Christensen, being a junior uh, redshirt junior uh, with a, a mission under his belt. Um, or, or two, Tristan Hodge. Uh, He'll be a senior. He's uh, already graduated. He's uh, an offense uh, guard. Um, might have a shot. Um, I don't really see any skill position players out there for BYU that uh, that are, are ready. Um, you know to, to make that make that leap. Um, unless uh, the you know the grad transfer running back from Utah, Devonte Henry Cole. Is as is, is good as uh, you know. Some BYU coaches think he'll be. Maybe maybe he'll have a shot. But um, but yeah, I, I think they'll have a few players drafted next year. Um, but how many? It's kind of determ- depends on whether some of these guys uh, that I just mentioned, like James Empey or Brady Christensen, uh, forego their senior year and, and enter the draft. So what's best for BYU in its recruiting strategy as far as do they go after the guys they go after knowing that they may not get them, or do they go after the next guy to have a better chance to get those guys and then hope they develop? Yeah, that's a good question. I, You know, I, I, I got to credit Kalani. He, Bronco used to seem to shy away. If, if Bronco knew he had a very, very slim chance of getting a kid, it seems like he didn't even try. And I got to credit Kalani, um, and this is just anecdotal. I don't have any numbers, but it seems like Kalani is casting a wider net, and he's jumping in and, and you know trying and trying for these kids, even though they're long shots. Um, and you know, you got to credit. Look what Mark Pope did with the right. Matt Harms from Purdue. Uh, you know, every once in a while, you know. Um, 
it pays off. So I think you got to keep doing it. So I credit Kalani for doing that. But, um, but yeah, I think it, you got to kind of look at it realistically if you're BYU and say, um, where do we want to put our resources, our, our limited um, resources, um, which you assume are limited because of, uh, you know, the revenue. They, they obviously don't have the biggest revenue stream as the Power 5 schools. So where can we bet most effectively use our resources? Um, personally, you know, they, they've had some great success going to Hawaii over the years. It seems like they haven't gone there as often. That's one place I would look. And I think they, I think they need to get into Texas more. Um, they've had some success there. And, and uh, you know, talking to Micah Simon, a receiver from Texas, he, he tells me, hey, I, he thinks there's a lot of kids down in Texas are kind of looking to get out of the state. And uh, – looking to play right away and maybe that's kind of where you go but but it's a it's a tough dilemma i mean i don't think there are any easy answers to be sure do you think that the current state of things as far as it doesn't look like there's going to be seven on seven camps and that kind of stuff this summer is going to lead to the evaluations of high school players being tricky and maybe more guys falling through the cracks and so if you're not one of the elite whatever level you're at whatever conference you're at Maybe it opens things up a little more. Yeah, I think so, um, and I think you know, obviously BYU used their camps uh, really well to re- to find guys and and um, to recruit guys, and not having those will be, you know, it could be a double edged sword. It could be hurt them because they won't be able to evaluate um, players. And then, you know, one of the other things, let's face it, the BYU kind of has to vet these kids and make sure they can handle the lifestyle and all that, which is kind of, you know, getting back to the basketball thing is with uh, Matt Harms coming. Um, he, he hasn't, he's never been to Provo. That's, it's amazing um, that, uh, and, you know, BYU hasn't had a chance to kind of vet him or, or maybe kind of go over all the little details of the honor code and all that. And that could be the same with with football. So, um, yeah, on the surface, I I think there could be some kids slip through the cracks. But on the other hand, I think there maybe could be the potential to to get a kid that, you know, maybe isn't quite sure what he's getting into. Maybe explore and mine the grad transfer market a little bit better because I know the BYU basketball coaches are – a get old and stay old is a philosophy that I've heard them say. But at the same time, it's dangerous because football is a numbers game and you need to develop guys and you have a bunch of guys coming in for one and dones. I wonder how well that will serve you. Yeah, I've advocated BYU do that. I I just think you can get a kid, especially a non-LDS kid in there, and, and you tell him, hey, it's only, you know, it's only 12 months or 10 months. Uh, and, you know, for the opportunity to play Division One football. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm, I've advocated that a lot. I think you have too, Patrick, is that, the, you know, you're, you're going to have a hard time getting a kid to come in there and stay for four years if he's not familiar with the culture and the, and, and the lifestyle and all that. But, but I think you can sell a kid on, on eight months, really. <laughs> Is what, yeah. Look at Tyson Williams. He literally arrived last, whatever, June, uh, July, 
and uh, you know he leaves in he leaves in uh, in January, and um, if he hadn't got hurt, you know who knows what would have happened. But but he didn't have to stay that long, and he had a good experience, and you know set himself up for a possible shot at the NFL. You know the difference between football and basketball is that basketball doesn't have a limit on the annual allotment of scholarships, whereas football's got to deal with that 25-85 rule. And if you keep giving those 25 scholarships to seniors, you're going to you're probably going to end up hurting your depth at some point. So I think you really got to pick and choose. But it looks to me like there's two things to look at. One, if you have a chance to get a skill player who you think is a starter, you probably have to do it. Because as you pointed out, that seems to be an area that BYU is struggling. And then the other place, if you just have a specific need at any one position, you know, you need a corner, you need a left tackle, you need a whatever, uh, you know, a specific need. And it's just, I, I guess really the skill is kind of the same thing. It's just they figure to have a need at those skill positions. If they hit on another Harvey Young at running back, then maybe they would have a few years where they wouldn't have a need at running back. But that doesn't seem to be the way things are going. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think he, um, you know, you can look at their roster and say, here's what they need. They need a, they need a big time receiver. They had a great, uh, it's been a few years, but Jordan Leslie came in and was a, was an instant mm-hmm. impact player. Um, they need a rush end. They need to uh, desperately need a rush end, and it seems like you could get somebody in the transfer portal uh, that way. But, yeah, DJ, you're right. Just uh, I don't think they ought to do sign like 10 of these a year. But That's a problem. But specifically when you see what your need is, in, you know, two or three a year and go after those, I, I think is, uh, would be a pretty good strategy. Jay, as always, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in with us. Uh, we love having you on the air. We'll get you again. Okay, guys. Stay safe and uh, whatever, flatten the curve and all that other stuff so we can get football up here going again.